This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Okay, we're rolling into hour two on this special edition of Sportsnet Today. We're live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Why is it a special edition of the show? Well, it's locker cleanout day at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Last chance to hear from many of the players before they head their separate ways for the summer. We've heard from... The likes of Nikita Zadorov, Andrew Mangiapane live. We heard some of the earlier media availability from Elias Lindholm and Mackenzie Wieger. And we will continue to bring you some of those from earlier today. Head coach Daryl Sutter and GM Brad Trilliving will not speak to the media today. They uh, continue to go through end of season exit interviews. And uh, will conduct a media availability in the coming days. Not confirmed as to when that will be, but we do know we will not hear from Daryl Sutter or Brad Treliving on this Friday. We have heard from Elias Lindholm, Mackenzie Wieger, Nikita Zadorov, and Andrew Mangiapane. We'll continue that uh, in just moments, hearing from a couple of other veterans in Michael Backlund and Chris Tanev. Uh, the fan feedback line is open to you at 960-960. As we react to what we're hearing from the Scotiabank Sandalone today, and one of the things that's come up a lot already and will continue to come up, and uh, a texter brought it up on the text line, I just wanted to clarify this a bit. The text says, hey, listening live, why does the media ask players that are still under contract if they're going to sign an extension at the end of next season? The question is ridiculous and needs to stop. There's no way to answer that. And just to clarify what that is, is if you have a year remaining on your contract, you can sign an extension as soon as this summer. Once free agency begins this year, players with one year remaining on their contract can start an extension. So they're not asking the player, hey, are you willing to sign a contract at the end of next season? They're trying to see if they're going to get ahead of business and perhaps get something done this summer so that they don't wait until the end of the year to find out if a player is going to be a UFA or or whatnot. A lot of teams like to do this with, you know, key players, like a lot of the key players we've heard from today that are going to be UFAs next season, Backlund, Lindholm, Hannafin, those kind of guys that all get asked that question today and you'll hear their answers about the future. That's why they're asking because this summer they would be eligible to sign contract extension. So that's why you'll hear it. That's why you'll continue to hear it throughout the afternoon. Uh, it's one that gets brought up in this next conversation. It's Michael Backlund and Chris Tanev speaking to the media from the Scotiabank Saddledome on Locker Cleanout Day. Michael, uh, you've been here the longest. How difficult was this year by comparison? <clears throat> oh, it's definitely the hardest season I've played uh, emotionally and mentally this year with all the ups and downs and expectations going into the season. Uh, hopes and expectations were really high going in, and it was just we never met the expectations, and it was... Yeah, uh, 
being uh, with Tani, one of you know co-captains, to deal with everything and wanted to win and trying to figure out how to do it and everything. It was a very challenging year. Uh, I haven't had that much time, have I? <laughs> uh, uh, well, I heard Colsey say our start wasn't the best. Um, I was not. I'm not a big fan of starting with ten or eleven or whatever we had at home of the year. Um, I like to go on the road early, get the group together. Um, no excuse, but um, last year, in comparison, we had two trips right off the hop and. They were successful, and I think that's you want to get out on the road early on. But um, I think that, and then um, yeah, we just never seem to find uh, ways to win a lot of games in a row. And the seven-game losing streak was a tough stretch that put us in a tough spot. And we we just had to chase all year, and it's it's hard to chase all year. I thought we did a good job sticking with it all all year, especially in the end, really pushing for it all the way till. Second last game of the year, and um, yeah, and then we fell short. Michael, were the expectations out of whack, or did this group fall short of them? I think uh, no. I think yeah, we all. I was excited, uh, but it is a big change with the players leaving, um, leaders, big stars, um, end up being it for a while. Um, they left a big hole, and it's, uh, it wasn't easy to replace uh, for anyone. And um, and it's not easy for the new guys to come in either. And uh, there was a lot of expectations. So um, so yeah, um, I think uh, yeah, we I think we have a, we had a good team, and I think we're only two points out. And um, I think if we would have got in, we could have made some damage. But um, yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the year. Both our, our ability to play through injuries and, and pain, Chris, is kind of the stuff of legend at this point. Were you ever at 100% this season? I think if you're playing, you're at 100%. So, that's, I mean, everyone's playing with something. Obviously, I would have liked to play 82 games. That's the that's the goal every year, and um, I obviously fell short of that, um, which was, was disappointing for me. After, I think, the last three years, I played every game, and... You feel so much better when you're able to get in a rhythm and, and the group's always able to stay together. And, I mean, when I, you're in and out all the time, it's it's tough. It's challenging watching hockey. So, um, But, as I said, if you're in the lineup, it's I think you're near 100%. So. I know every season is a grind, but physically and mentally, did this season feel like more of a grind for you and for the guys? Um, I, for me, obviously, it, it sucked not playing the, the games I did, uh, didn't play, sorry. Um, but that's happened to me in the, in the past. I mean, I mean, five, six years ago, I, I had a tough stretch of, of stuff. But I mean, so, and that was a lot harder mentally on it on me than it was now. I mean, now it was obviously just, I think, tough that we were not playing still. That's that's the the toughest thing for me I think like back said we we had a, a good group um and guys obviously fought hard until the end but we we just didn't do enough and in, in the close games we what 17 overtime losses is obviously not good enough and then 
we lost a lot of one goal hockey games where if uh if those change then we're obviously still playing um but i think that was the hardest part for me so do you guys think that the core of this team if it was brought back next year could contend could be you know a stanley cup contender yeah i think so uh i think we missed we missed by two points i think uh we know everyone now and having to play together for a year and um um not having that if say the game groups together that means it's not gonna mean any big change up this off season which um yeah we're all gonna know what to expect when we come in here next year uh of each other and uh there's no like uh uh unfamiliar uh faces or for the like for the guys, new guys this year everything was unfamiliar for them so uh, i think uh and with the coach too guys who the new guys so us everyone will just know what to expect and yeah we all know we need to be better. You two are both pending. You have big decisions to make in the summer, whether you'll re-sign in Calgary. Are you both interested in remaining Flames beyond uh, next next season? Uh, it's kind of um, – we'll see what happens. Um, um, I, I mean, I've been here for a long time, and I love Calgary. I love this organization. Um, uh, but um, the way year we had uh, – I'm 34 years old. Uh, I want to win the Stanley Cup, and uh, you know, um, I uh, so uh, I don't know this summer um, what's going to happen. Um, if they uh, even if they even if they offer us anything or me, um, uh, you know, I might want to see what this group can do before I make a decision. I, lo- I love it here. I mean, I think it's a great city. Um, we definitely enjoy living here I mean for me I'm just I'm focused on getting uh, my health where it needs to be and then getting better this summer I mean I'm not really thinking about uh, thinking about that right now I've played a lot of hockey on one-year deals and it does not really gonna bother me my biggest thing is to go out and be the best player that I, I can be for the team when I come back in, in September Question there, Wes. Michael, I just want to follow up on what you just said because you know you're a guy who's played 900 and some games in this organization, and I guess that was fairly non-committal about what the future might look like. Are you frustrated with what's happening in this city, or, or how would you sort of characterize that? Yeah, I mean, I only been in a second round here. I want to go further, and uh, the way the year we had this year is frustrating for sure. Um, it's not the year none of us wanted to have, and. Um, like we talked earlier, we all had high expectations. So, um, um, yeah, I, I, my dreams like anyone else to win the Stanley Cup, and uh, um, yeah, but the biggest dream of all would be to win it here in Calgary. So, um, I would love to do it here. I'd love to do it here in Calgary. Um, so, yeah. There you go. And that was Michael Backlund and Chris Tanev. Their media availabilities at Locker Cleanout Day at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. And that Michael Backlund quote has been the one making the rounds so far on Twitter. As uh, you heard Wes uh, from Post Media and a contributor on Flamestock with Pat Steinberg. You know, ask him. That was a pretty non committal answer about his future in Calgary. And yeah, it was one that stuck out with a lot of people. The pauses, the. You know, lack of, you know, really anything about committing and and wanting to see what's going to happen this next year before he makes a decision. That's 
Uh, a very interesting one for Michael Backlund as he heads into the offseason, coming off of what might have been his best season as a Calgary Flame, but he admits there, 34 years old, I want to win a Stanley Cup, want to make sure this is the group that I can win with before I make any decision. Um, yeah, it's one that's stuck with a lot of Flames fans for a lot of reasons today, and uh, one that no doubt we'll be continuing uh, to look at as the summer goes on. It's just the start of it today with Locker Cleanout Day. Uh, 960-960, the fan feedback line is open to you here during the program if you're listening live and want to react to what you're hearing from the players on Locker Cleanout Day. Feel free to send in your text. We'll get to them as the afternoon rolls on. So we go from one pair of veterans in Backland and Tanev to another pair, uh, both of these guys on the forward end of things. Uh, some great two-way players for the Calgary Flames this season. One of them was an expiring contract. Uh, one of them doesn't have to worry about that. This is Blake Coleman and Trevor Lewis, two vets, speaking to the media on locker room cleanout day back at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. How difficult is it Yeah, it's always always tough. Um, you know, obviously, 31 teams end the season um, disappointed, and ours is just a little sooner than uh, we wanted it to be. And um, you know, it's it's hard. You know, you want to be gearing up right now and and be playing, you know, some playoff hockey, but uh, we didn't put ourselves in a position to to be able to do that. So, um, you, know, you turn the page. Obviously, you, you kind of try to spend some time with with your teammates here and guys that, uh, you know, some you'll get to see again and some you may not. So um, it's always good to to have that time together and, and bond. And, um, you know, obviously we're all disappointed, but, um, you know, we're all people at the end of the day and it's now it's time to just enjoy each other's company and, and uh, say goodbye. What you guys both won. You both stand cup champions. You know about culture. You know about what it takes. What is it? What was missing here in that department? Oh, I, I don't think it's uh, about culture. I think we got a g good group, and you know everyone cares, and everyone's uh, disappointed that we're not still playing. But um, you know, we uh, obviously we were in a lot of close games this year that could have went uh, either way, and you know, um, um, it's 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 hard and it sucks, but. Um, you know, I think this is a really good group, and uh, we'll learn from it and, and come back stronger. Like, I think one of the comments that sticks with me from this season is you saying after a game, it's a good team that doesn't know or hasn't learned how to win. Why, why would you say that was the case for this group? Um, well, obviously, I think it got a little better down the stretch. You know, we found ways to come back and, and did th some things that we hadn't been doing um, as the season went on, but... Um, I think what sticks with me the most after this year, which is <clears throat> it's tough, is that you look at a lot of the games we lost and it came down to to special situations, um, whether it's four-on-four, four, the three-on-three three overtimes, the you know special teams just within the game, um, just little things that we couldn't quite figure out. Um, obviously, playoff hockey, there is no three-on-three, three, so had we gotten there, that would have been... Um, something we wouldn't have to worry about but you know what was it 16 17 overtime losses um 
you know, you win half of those games where, where everybody's talking about a completely different thing right now. So um, it's tough. And I think, you know, I think that's what I meant in terms of not being able to win. Um, just like, like Trev said, we had so many games that we were in, one-goal games, close games, and couldn't find that big goal, couldn't get that big block, whatever it is. Um, and that's what makes it hurt a little bit more, I think, is uh, knowing, you know, what we have and where we should be. Do you still believe that the core of this team can, can contend, can come back and, and be in the mix next, next year or the season after? Yeah, I think um, you know, as long as we learn, you know, if we come back and do the same thing, it's going to be the same result, right? So um, <clears throat> I'm always a control-what-you-can-control kind of person, and for me, I, I expect myself to be better. Um, this is the longest off season that I've had in a long time, uh, which is it's uh it's something that if you use it properly um you can really use it to your advantage and and uh, you know like i said while i'm while I'm disappointed um I am gonna use this time right and um be able to hopefully fix up some nagging injuries things like that that uh it's just it's a long year and it's a long it's been a long couple of years and and if if every guy takes that same approach and just worries about themselves and how they can be better for our team next year um it's pretty obvious that we're 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 knocking on the door, and we just need everybody to take that next step. We'll describe the season as a roller coaster ride. How much of a grind was it for you guys? Because for months, it felt like every game and every point was so important. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think every year is a grind. It's eighty-two games. Is, it's not easy, and um, you know, obviously, I don't know how many one-goal games we were in, but. Um, felt like every game was you know grinding out till the end and it's 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 tough to win in this league and um you know um like Blake was saying it's a, a big blocker a, a big goal it's what what we needed in most those and you know we didn't we didn't get it and um but I mean it's it's a tough year and um you know I think at the end we were we were playing really well and it was just a little too late how did the group respond to Daryl and his methods this season? There's been a lot of speculation on that front. How did you guys feel the relationship was between, between the players and the head coach? Uh, I think it's um, I think it was fine. I mean, it's um, you know Daryl's Daryl push push you hard, and um, you know guys respond to it different ways. But I think the the relationship between uh, him and us was was good. Your future and, and what that might hold for you. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm. I feel good and I want to keep playing. So, um, you know, I have to have my meetings here and, and see see what goes on. But um, you know, I'd love to be back and um, yeah, I want to keep playing. Uh, Trevor, you know, I think a lot of the younger guys talked about you know how much value they took in playing alongside you. I mean, I wonder sort of you know what it meant to you and and how much pride you take in you know working with guys like Walker and, and Jacob at different times but just uh you know that that role in, in your career yeah I mean it's uh you know I looked up to a lot of guys when I was young too and um you know just uh you know seeing them come in and and, and their energy and work ethic it's it's awesome and um kind of gives gives me a boost and you know wanting to help him out and show them you know the ways of how I go about and take care of my body and stuff like that and um, I take a lot of pride in um, being in that role.
Like uh, you talked about the off season and, and how different guys can can use it. With if if there's less turmoil and less turnover this off season, how helpful could that be for the group coming in next year, where you don't have all that adjusting early on? Yeah, I mean, there's different sides to it, right? Like guys are everyone in this group's familiar with the system now. Everybody knows what's expected of them. Uh, it took us obviously, like Trev said, it took us too long to get there and, and get to the way we needed to be playing, but. Um, off seasons can be, they can make or break teams and players. Um, you know, this is a, it's a really long off season. It's a challenge, right? You gotta, you gotta balance, you know, rest versus being able to train the right way. Like, you know, I haven't had four or five months to, to train, which gives you a really good opportunity to train the right way. And, um, like I said, I've, I've got a window now that I can take care of some, some issues that I need to take care of. And, um, so it, to me, it's almost an exciting opportunity in terms of putting putting myself and, and other guys as well. You know, there's a lot of guys dealing with, with stuff, and they can put themselves in an opportunity to show up for next year and be at 100% and hit the ground running, um, which is what we need to do. Uh, if we're, if we're going to have success, we need to have a better first half of the year, quite frankly. But, um, you know, there's silver linings and everything in life, and, and this is no different. And, and it's just on the individuals, and it's time to be good pros and, you know, take the first month or whatever it is and, and get the rest you need and then um, find a way to make yourself better. There you go. Blake Coleman and Trevor Lewis, part of the Flames contingent at Locker Cleanout Day doing media availability. We've got more coming your way uh, around the corner, but uh, a couple of texts at 960-960. For those of you listening live, you can always chime in as you uh, hear players speaking to the media today and, and reacting. Uh, a couple of, of course, coming from Michael Backlund and uh, sort of being non-committal about his future here in Calgary. Uh, Jesse says uh, in Cranston, I'll say that Backlund's comments today sting a bit, even though you can't blame him for wanting to chase a cup. What is promising and heartwarming is to hear his comment of the biggest dream of all is to win a Stanley Cup here in Calgary. Uh, this text says the Flames organization should be glad the players don't come out and say they won't be back with the team after next season if they did. Their trade value would go down for sure. This said, Lindy and Backlund sound like they're pretty much out. This being the case, the organization has no choice but to retool. Kadri is a best fourth-line centerman. There's no way they can, can compete without those two important players. Uh, we've got more locker room reaction coming your way around the corner, including uh, Jacob Markstrom and Jonathan Huberto, two key players that uh, didn't meet expectations for the Calgary Flames this season. We'll hear from them as they finished out their media availabilities this season. That's coming up next as Sportsnet Today continues. Special locker room clean-out today, a clean-out edition day uh, for the Calgary Flames. All of it here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We are rolling on here on Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Happy Friday, the final Friday of the NHL's regular season. Next time uh, past today, the UCHL hockey will be playoffs. All matchups set in the Eastern Conference. Still two to be determined in the West tonight after the Avalanche and Predators meet at 6 o'clock. And we'll have all Sunday. Cam's been preparing brackets. I don't know why. No might have a little pool going on. We'll no see what we can do. No one asked him to. He's just doing things. 
just here to do my part. Pam just does the most random things just ever. doing the brackets. Like, the brackets aren't ready yet. I'm just doing the brackets. I gotta get the pool together. Brackets. Make sure it's ready. Wait until someone tells him about, like, the NCAA tournament. He'll go crazy over the brackets. <laughs> the Frozen Four or March Madness? March Madness. He was That's already... only one bracket for Frozen Four. He was already just sending us brackets. the most random March Madness updates while it was happening. That Bracket we kicked him out of the group chat. We're like, yeah. I'm a bit busy. I'm just here to provide. Provide what? The news, the the fun things that we can do. Mm. Options, you know? We got options. Interesting. Uh, you have options when it comes to this program and all your favorite Sportsnet 960 programs. Uh, where to download them? Your favorite podcatcher. You choose. Google, Spotify, Amazon. Your favorite podcatcher, all of our shows up for you moments after the hour finishes. Uh, and uh, we would love if you would go and rate and subscribe uh, to your favorite Sportsnet 960 programs. And today's edition of Sportsnet Today, all about uh, locker cleanout day at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Uh, players holding their exit interviews, grabbing their stuff for the summer. Uh, the last time this group will be together. Uh, at the Scotiabank Saddledome. And uh, yes, as we know, off-seasons bring change, and there will be more of it this summer, no doubt, for a Calgary Flames team that uh, missed expectations by a wide margin having locker room cleanup day come on this April 14th. We have heard from uh, Elias Lindholm, Mackenzie Weger, Michael Backlund, Chris Tanev, Blake Coleman, and Trevor Lewis. So if we miss any of those, you don't get a chance to hear them. A, tune into Flames Talk later this afternoon. Pat's going to have more of this coverage for you all afternoon long. Or B, perfect chance for you to use that opportunity to go check us out on the podcast and you can hear from your favorite Flames player and hear what they had to say as locker room cleanout day continues. Uh, we will go back to the Scotiabank Saddledom once again. Hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames, two key members of the Calgary Flames this, uh, uh, this season who missed expectations and uh, we'll head into the summer trying to bounce back into uh, next year. Jacob Markstrom and Jonathan Huberto, they had their media veil together at the Scotiabank Saddledome and uh, lots of reflection, lots of interesting things from uh, Jonathan in this as well. So uh, let's tune in to Jacob Markstrom and Jonathan Huberto, year-end media availabilities on Locker Cleanout Day. Jacob, no doubt these days are never as big as players. It's wonder what your overall level of frustration is with the, the way it ended in the season that was. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it wasn't a good season, and uh, I don't know. It's it's tough to describe, uh, you know, the feeling after. I mean, for me, after the Nashville game when it was, uh, you know, officially over, and it was, uh, you know, it, it's been a battle, you know, for me personally to, you know, find find my game and find my way and get on a roll and uh you know it's it's as a goalie it's tough you you you're there and, and you want to find it you know you have it and uh when it doesn't show it's uh you know for me personally uh, you know you you almost try too hard if that makes sense and you know you tense up and you want it too much instead of just go out and play and enjoy it and uh you know just just trust it Jonathan, did you uh, did you expect the transition to be as difficult to Calgary as, as maybe it was this year? No, I mean I knew it was going to be a, a change and adjustment, but no, of course I didn't think it was going to be you know this hard. But 
think I just got to, you know, put that year behind me and focus on, on the next one. Have a good summer and come back next year and be ready. Do you feel like a, a summer where there's not the type of turmoil and, and change could be really big for you coming into year two? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just a reset. I think mentally it's been like, I mean, like Marquis said, I think roller coaster kind of year and a lot, a lot of up and down and, you know, so I think we reset mentally in the summer, and like I said, I think oh I know you know I'm a I'm a Flames, and you know it's it's going to be a normal summer, and come back next year, and you know ready to go. I mean, <laughs> I wish I, I could, but I don't know. I think there's a lot of stuff, and I gotta obviously reflect on everything too, and. That's why I'm going to take the time, you know, to do that in the next couple of weeks and see what's wrong, what I have to do better. And, uh, you know, obviously it's kind of frustrated too, you know, frustration. Obviously it's, uh, it's uh, you know, it wasn't easy, obviously, as a year. And uh, that, uh, you know, offensively it didn't really help the team and stuff like that. So I think, uh, like I said, just, you know, see what, what, what happened and kind of, Forget about this one. You describe your relationship with Daryl and how these over the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think Daryl is that like that. You know, he likes to push button and you know and kind of you know get you going. But um, I got nothing to say really. Like about you know, our relationship is good. I mean, kind of like I said, I think it's more like personally and kind of. You know, it's a different style of player, so that's uh, kind of stuff that I had, you know, adjustment, but I think it's not, uh, me and Daryl had a good relationship. Jacob, you talked about how you, at times this season, struggled to find your game. Do you feel like you found it down the stretch? Uh, I mean, I think after the deadline, we, I think we played 700 hockey, and, you know, if we would have played 700 hockey, we would have still be playing, and, uh, and we wouldn't wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys, which which would have been nice to still be playing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean now it's it's a big summer for me, and I'm you know I'm I'm up for the challenge to to get back where I want to be and and you know to play my. I still feel like I I got ways to go, and I, I can still you know improve from you know last year, and you know, obviously improve from this year, and uh, I feel like it's right there and. and just got to put in the work and, and come back and, and get ready. Jonathan, you mentioned sort of fitting into the system. Do you think that you can be your the best version of yourself as a hockey player in this system? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just got I mean, I sure didn't find it this year, but uh, I mean, I didn't lose my talent in five months. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff I'm saying. I mean, I'm not a different player from what I was last year. So I think it's just to... You know, kind of think about everything and kind of maybe I got to play a little different to here. So maybe work on some stuff in the summer and come back. But I know what kind of player I am. And it's, you know, it's been a tough year, but it's 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 how you bounce back. And that's what I'm going to do. Jonathan, this isn't the first demanding coach you've played for. Um, you know, your junior coach obviously expected a lot. And you guys were obviously always on the same page. Who will you kind of turn to this summer in terms of not about the physical side, because as you just said, you don't think that's gone away, 
who will you turn to and what will you do maybe even a little different than you've done in the past to kind of get you in a better place in that regard? I think it's, like you said, I think it's mental. And it's, you know, I completely lost my swagger, you know, this year. And you can just tell, you know, you have no confidence and the way you play, the way you make your plays, the way you, you do. And it's, it's hard because, you know, you're just trying to be out there and, you know, help your team to win and you can't really do it. So really most importantly for me, it's to, you know, get that back this summer, get that confidence back. And, you know, I don't think about the past. I just want to look forward and, you know, until next year. Jonathan, uh, you said Terrell pushing buttons, and did that catch you off guard, whether it was comments he made to us or stuff behind the scenes? Where did, did that maybe catch you by surprise, and did you maybe, was it maybe over the line or anything like that? Like, did that maybe surprise you? or? No, not really. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. You know, there's a lot of factor throughout the year. You know, we like, you know, playing right wing for two months, you know, stuff like that. You know, I like been playing left wing the you know my whole career so that was another adjustment you know I wasn't I didn't know I was gonna have to deal with and um you know so stuff like that I mean there's some stuff but me and Daryl will figure it out you know together and try to fix some things can you describe what it was like just obviously having that time on the right wing but we all thought we were gonna, you were going to be on that top line but you ended up getting bounced around playing with two different centers all that changed adjustment through the year how would you describe going through a whole season where you were going up and down the lineup the way that you were? I mean, like, I think, you know, it wasn't working really, like, offensively. So I think Daryl was trying to, like, make it work, and that's why I kind of bounced around. But, you know, that was that kind of year. So, like I said, I think just to, you know, find some fits. And, you know, I played with backs most at the end of the year, and, you know, it was, it was going well. So I think you need to find, like, duo. And that's what he was trying to, to do. Jacob, 48 of your 82 games were decided by one goal. How much pressure did that put on the goaltenders every night? Uh, well, <laughs> every game starts 0-0. And uh, so it's, I mean, it's a tight game from the, from the get-go. So I don't think that's really, I think it's more the, the games where we were, you know, obviously we were up in the third and, you know, myself wasn't able to, to lock it down in the third period or, you know, obviously, you look at the overtime games too, and the shootouts, and you know the shootouts win for sure. I, you want back because you know that's very personal. Then it's you know you against the shooter, and you you want to stop them all. And and then uh, you know the overtime too. You need to come up with one big save and then go the other way and score. So uh, your overtime is kind of you always one one save away from from a win, kind of mindset. And but I think. Uh, just the game as a whole too and and you know first periods wasn't good enough and you know when when you play against team the way we play if we get the lead we're we're very good early and uh you know we were playing from behind a lot and uh you know that that doesn't help our group so you know there there's a few things and to to improve and, and get better at and uh you know i'm i'm up for the up for the challenge and and i'm excited to to come back when jonathan says you know i lose my talent in five months, I lost my swagger this season. Like, does that sound familiar to you? Does that kind of sum up in a way where you might have been at for parts of this season? Uh, nah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, you know, we all, I see Hubert, I saw when he came in in Florida, he was unbelievable. I played against him for 10, a decade, he's unbelievable. I see him every day in practice, he's unbelievable. So it's, 
you know, Huber, Huber is unbelievable. He's a good player, and it's going to be huge for us in in the upcoming seasons. And you know, it's uh, myself. It's it's also it's uh, it's mental when you when you're trying to find it and you feel like it's right there. Then you know you might go a different direction because you want to find it quicker, and and then you go further away from where your game want to be. And then obviously when you start losing games, you you know it's easier to f- correct stuff when you're winning because then it's not a lot of you know fuss and a lot of talk behind the scenes and you know both you know in the in the in the room and uh, you know who's going to play who's not going to play you know if if I win five games in a row yeah, not playing good no one is going to be talking I'm not going to be talking about you guys about you know finding the game or got to play better it's uh, you know for sure when you when you lose games uh, it comes down to you know I got to make a few more saves and uh, got some stuff to work on this summer and uh, you know I'm I'm ready for it. Okay, we're gonna wrap it up. Can I just ask one more? Do you flush it, or or does it fuel you? Like, what's the right approach for you going into the summer? Yeah, no, I won't. I won't forget this. So, I know the. I remember the feeling very well, and it's uh, not a feeling you want to have. There you go. That is Jacob Markstrom and Jonathan Huberto. Their end of the year media availability at the Scotia Bank sales on part of locker room cleanout day. And that is our focus here on the show today. Still lots of players to hear from uh, as the afternoon goes on. We aren't going anywhere. We're going to keep it going for an extra hour of Sportsnet today. Lead you right into Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg this afternoon. Uh, just a quick reminder for those asking, uh, no Daryl Sutter, no Brad for Living Media availabilities today. They are still going through uh, the exit interview process with players and other coaches. So we will not hear from both of them today. They will be uh, available for a media session later in the coming days, but uh, we will not hear from Daryl Sutter or Brad for Living this Friday. Some of your texts at 960-960. Every one of them wants to say Daryl can't work for this group to have success, but you can't blame them. They're all scared that they're stuck with him for next year. Mr. Edwards needs to do the right thing. And send Daryl on his way. That one is from Corey. Uh, Derek in Tuscany. With so much uncertainty about who's managing the team going forward. Uh, lack of BT. Uh, Brad Trilling and Daryl Sutter availability speaks volumes. I can't blame Lindholm and Backlund for not giving a committal and re-signing. I do hope this quells the backs for captain talk though. Should be Anderson in my opinion. Uh, George and Signal Hill. Possibly the most important offseason in Flames history is coming up. The next few weeks we'll find out if this is a retool or a major seismic change in philosophy. Uh, And this one says, I'm a huge fan of Bax. Class act on and off the ice. I can't say I blame him for wanting a change of scenery after his close buddies Matthew and Johnny did last year. I'm very disappointed but totally understand. But it's all interconnected. Don't tell me if Tree managed to re-sign Johnny that there's a good chance that Matthew would have re-signed as well. And if they're here, what better place for 11 to chase a cup than in Calgary with number 19 and number 13? We'll uh, continue to read your texts throughout the afternoon as we uh, hear from more players uh, uh, on this special edition of Sportsnet today. You can continue to send in your texts at 960-960. Still to come, we've got lots to hear from. Uh, Dylan Dubé, Troy Stitcher spoke to the media. We still have to hear from Tyler Toffoli and Rasmus Anderson and uh, lots of people waiting to hear from Nazem Kadri. All of that is coming up as we enter a special third hour of Sportsnet today this afternoon. All things 
Calgary Flames on Locker Cleanout Day 2022-2023. That coverage continues around the corner right here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan.